On this week's episode of This Week in College Football, brought to you by CFB Talk Daily, we will be recapping week one. We're going to give you a little insight on what's coming up this week and week two. Um, like always, we're going to have Hot on the Trails, Max and John getting at it, and we're also going to have an interview with Illinois commit Reggie Love. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Welcome back to another edition of This Week in College Football, brought to you by CFB Talk Daily. Today is Friday, September 6th. Uh, we got a full slate of games coming up tomorrow, but before we get into that, why don't we talk about the games we had last weekend. Uh, John, any games you want to talk about from week one in particular? Uh, I would like to avoid one that happened on a Saturday night. It was game day. I'm not going to talk about that game. Uh, so don't oh, try uh, to. I don't want to talk about the game. Which game was it? No, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> There's an SEC team versus a Pac-12 school. Uh, that that SEC team shall not be named. Um Neither should their quarterback, who decided also Gus Malzane tried to, I guess I just gave it away, but he tried to save his job, and I think he, he may have for a few games at least. Um, it was, we could start there, I guess. Yeah, that was, um, I, I thought in the first half, Oregon looked like, and when we said it before, they looked so, so good the first half. Like, the offensive line was making all sorts of lanes for the running back. The defensive line was living in the backfield on Knicks, like, they were just playing so well, and I feel like watching the game the second half, I felt as if they were playing like not to lose instead of playing to win. Like they were playing conservative. Uh, yeah. So I've actually rewatched the entire game in full. Um, why would you do that to yourself? Because uh, I I like to see like what went wrong, and I actually did do this. But um, I think Oregon took the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands a lot, and I don't think it was because they didn't trust him. I think they didn't trust. They're like inexperienced receivers that he was working with, and I think that ultimately hurt them in the end. You know, in the second half they were just running, and it wasn't working. Auburn was beating up the O line, which is Oregon's strong point, and they just didn't. They refused to throw the ball, and even though the receivers weren't really getting open, Herbert was throwing them open all night. I think he completed like seventy-eight percent of his passes or something like that. And um, some I forgot who it was. Someone on Twitter broke down like the amount of Oregon receivers who got open, and he counted two Oregon receivers open the entire game. You can't use him. It's no, I'm not, I'm, not saying him. I'm not saying use him. I think that redshirting art this year is a great decision. I'm just saying that I think that we have to really wait it out and see if McLean Carter is actually the answer. Because last year, I thought Art was the answer after week one. And then he ended up, you know, being Art his freshman year. Yeah, yeah. All right, so week two, what things are going to uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to Texas LSU. That's the big one. I told you guys in the second half. Yeah, but they did get manhandled in the first half. I think that's not not to go off point here. I think another game we're going to talk about, Ohio State. I think they have the second best defensive line. Uh, Chase Young, easily a top five pick in the NFL draft. I think he alone puts them in the top five conversation. But... Well, let's just let's just stay here and talk about Ohio State. Um, what, what were your thoughts on Justin Field, Fields? Uh, well... I work with someone here who's a big Ohio State fan, so he's keeping me updated because I was at work during that game. But I, I did see most of the plays. I saw, I think, all the second half of that game. But uh, I missed the first half at work. Uh, Justin Fields, I think they scored 28 points in like seven minutes. 
So I don't care who you're playing. That's very impressive. And that 51-yard uh, QB keeper, that was a very nice uh, touchdown by him. Yeah, and they started, like, so hot. Like, they were, like you just said, they scored 20 points so quickly, but they kind of, like, fell apart. I'm not going to say fall apart. They kind of slowed down. So, like, I don't know. Because at first I was like, wow, Ohio State's going to be really good this year. And then they slowed down, and they kind of put their foot on the brake. So I'm not I'm not sure if they were, like, what they were doing there. Like, why didn't they just, you know, well, pedal to the metal, pound them? I don't think they were being super, super aggressive because – they don't really have anyone behind fields. Their quarterback room is extremely thin. So I think they were trying to play conservative and they would not get fields hurt anymore. Like, they don't get him hit anymore. Like, you know, like, keep him in, but don't get him, like, like, don't put him in bad spots. Bad spots. Like, have him don't drop back on, like, third down. Like, just run up the middle and punt because you have a safe lead. One thing I will say about fields, though, um, outside of his legs, he actually had, like, a very good game passing. He was 18 of 25 for 234, four touchdowns. Like, one of the big questions with him going into year was like how good is his arm and i mean i think he kind of answered some of those questions in the first week of the year um should we talk about the upset of the week Southern. week one yeah they played georgia southern week one i just think that their offense is going to be better this year than it was last year when i mean last year it was an abysmal offense i thought you were going to say they're going to have a better offense in texas no, no, I think they will have a better offense just this year. In general, yeah. That makes sense. I agree. Um, all right, so our other game, Maryland-Syracuse. Uh, I think Syracuse wins. I think they cover one and a half. Uh, I also think Syracuse wins. You guys knew that. If you've been listening for a while, you know my take on Syracuse. It's probably going to be a cold takes exposed, but uh, we'll deal with that when it, when it happens. All right, uh, so what, what do you think on uh, Clemson and A&M? I'm going to say Clemson is going to win because it's at home, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think, and it's going to be a because I feel like upsets happen early on in the year. You know, teams are usually in the groove by the end of the end of the year. Like November, teams are rolling. Good teams, they're not going to get upset. Uh, I think, however, you know, Clemson they had a walk in the park last week against Georgia Tech. Uh, are they going to be able to play an SEC school this week? Uh, I, I don't think Clemson is going to have a big problem this week. I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to blow them out, but I don't think it's going to be like a five-point game. I think they'll at least win by a touchdown. Uh, I think it's a seven-point game. I think that Clemson doesn't go up against teams often that can match their physicality on the offensive and defensive line. A&M good. I agree with that. That's a pretty good point. Um. All right, so is that all we have for week two? Let me look around the schedule and see. Oh, we have a um, – actually, this is actually a big game, uh, USC-Stanford. It's more or less just a big game for Clay Helton's sake because somehow he they are favorited. Uh, we could talk about how – what is his name? Oh, Cajun Costello is out. And so is uh, – Cajun Costello is out. And so is JT Daniels. So yeah, it's going to be a Daniels. backup quarterback battle. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Although, um, USC's backup last week did actually look good sometimes. I saw him throw one bad pick, but he actually looked pretty good. I think he's a true freshman. Uh, I, I think he is, too. Um, yeah, so I think that is it, right? Yes, I guess we're just going to jump into questions. Uh, we only have two. So one of the questions is... Do you think Clemson will go back-to-back? 
I'll let you answer that one first because everyone already knows my answer. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they're too inexperienced on the defensive line. I think they'll get upset eventually. I'm not sure what team it will be, but I think eventually they get upset. People are going to disagree with this. I know it, but I just don't think that they're as talented as they were yeah, last year. You know, start your program, like, rebuild. All right, uh, all right. so now how about Hank Bachmeyer? I was actually just going to say, let's talk about that game. Um, right, talk about it. Um, I mean, look at the stats. They speak for themselves. I mean, obviously, Boise State throws the ball a lot, so you're going to have a lot of incompletions. But you know what? When you're throwing for 407 and you're completing 30, yeah. and you still can't complain. You walked into FSU and you came back and won. Uh, FSU just gave up. I mean, they were dehydrated. Uh, Taggart said that from the beginning. Um, yep, dehydrated. So the loss actually doesn't count because they were not properly hydrated. Um, but I, I think, you know, that and that's a bad loss for Willie, uh, especially because they were playing so well in the first half. I thought this was like a completely different Florida State team. Um, so, but the way they played the end second at the, the end of that game, uh, with the, uh, he shouldn't have even said anything about the dehydration because now it just that just looks like lack of preparation on his behalf because you got to prepare your guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think his seat's starting to get warm. Yeah. Uh, how about we talk about uh, our two programs? Well, we already talked about mine. Uh, talk about Rutgers. All right. So I'll just say because I was there, the the first, I guess seven minutes or eight minutes of game, when they were down fourteen seven or whatever it was at the bad points of that game. Uh, people were calling for Chris Nash's number right there, and then you know, so they you know, UMass drives down the field, a lot of stupid penalties, put them in position to score a touchdown, then you know. Uh, Carter goes out there, throws a pick, and UMass comes back, scores another touchdown. So it, it didn't look good for a while, and then they scored like 41 unanswered points. Yeah, I, I remember you texting me, and you were like, oh, undisciplined. Uh, I don't like how this is going. I don't like Carter. And then uh, the offense just lights it up for the next three quarters. I mean, the undisciplined part like still doesn't change my mind. I still think there were some stupid penalties. Like, I don't care if it was week one. Like, uh, you you can teach disciplinary, and that's not being taught in the program. If you're having stupid, like, Avery Young had it. Like, it was a, wasn't even close. And yeah, just, but what are you going to do? Bench the best DB on the team? No, but you should be, dis- you know, you should be going to disciplinary actions. Like, why is that happening? You know, uh, I don't know. It was the first game of the season. I think they were – you could live with penalties like that in week nah, one. In week mm-hmm. one. You can't live with penalties like that the rest of the season. I don't agree, but we can agree to disagree. I mean, he was just celebrating. Like, that wasn't like... No, uh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the unsportsmanlike. I'm talking about the pass interference. The receiver had no play in the ball, and he yanked the kid down. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember that. I just remember he was right in front of me. I like, saw it, and I was like, what are you doing? But what were, you, what were your thoughts on McLean Carter? Uh, I think he's the answer. Definitely better than Art at the moment. Uh, I would like to say something. You could tell that since Ash started taking control of the defense, they've been better. Not great against the run, but his specialty, like the DBs, the DBs have looked very good. Um, he also has a very good eye for recruiting them, which I've noticed. Uh, I also like how the one play, one of the Rutgers DBs got burned, and he knew to drag the receiver down just to take the PI instead of letting him score a touchdown. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, that's a very good penalty, and it's just a heads-up play, like. So, so here was my takeaway, and see, when I was there, living in the moment, uh, McLean Carter was the Heisman Trophy winner, and no doubt in my mind. 
but three picks, two, two, probably all three of them should have been avoided. That actually the first one was just none of them receiver, whatever. The other two were balls that did not need to be thrown where they were thrown. Um, so I, you know, I'm not sure if this kid just wanted to air it out or he's just gun happy. I mean, listen, uh, he threw for 340 I mean, no, yards. There's no question about it. He's a gunslinger. He's gonna throw the ball. He's not a great decision maker. But those last two, the game was already out of hand, so like it's not really a big deal. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd still like to not see him throw picks because I mean, everyone's saying how much better he is than Art. Well, he threw oh, yeah. a lot of picks as Art. All right, so we're here with a four-star running back, Reggie Love from uh, Missouri. Reggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, so uh, I wanted to start off with a. Uh, I got one like big question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, I noticed Illinois released new facilities yesterday, like pictures of them. Have you seen them yet? Yes, sir. Uh, what do you think of them so far? Um, it's exciting, you know, to know when I get there, we have, a, like, a new facility. Um, I kind of – I've seen it before the guys start seeing it, and mm-hmm. um, it's very exciting. Oh, wait, so you've seen it before like, the actual team saw it? Yes, sir. Damn. That's pretty That's pretty special. Uh, I, my favorite team, Rutgers – at least their new uh, facilities, and I saw the Illinois ones, and the orange and wood look super dope in the locker room. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, no, no one. You had a, a question for uh, Reggie, right? Yeah, uh, Reggie. It's nice to meet you, man. I'm Nolan. Um, I watched a lot of your highlights this year, and I'm actually a really big fan of like how your vision is and power whenever you're carrying the ball. But I was just wondering if you like had to work on one thing, or if you're working on one thing right now about improving your game. What would that be? Um, I'll say just, you know, being more of a threat out the backfield, um, catching passes, um, being more than a one dimension player for my team. I say I'm just working on that, being better in the passing game. Yeah, yeah, I feel that, man. That's good. That's good stuff. So, uh, you said you want to be more of a threat out of the backfield. Is there any, like, running back you try to resemble your game after? Um, my favorite player is Le'Veon Bell, and I feel like. Um, with my patience and vision, I kind of model my game after him. You know, he can be a, a real-life number two receiver for any team in the league. So, yeah, I try to pave my game with a little bit of Le'Veon, then Saquon. I really like Saquon, you know, how he run with power and how elusive he is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I guess that means uh, next year when you're a freshman, I'm going to have to pick you in fantasy because both of those guys are nasty in fantasy football. You say what? I said next year I'm gonna have to take you in uh, my college fans football league when you're a freshman. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So, um, what would you say to like other kids who are considering committing to Illinois? Um, just it's a special place. The coaches, you know, you got a lot of coaches who play with the recruiting game, but like Illinois coaches, they're more authentic, you know, real. The, the message they'll tell you what they don't tell you what you want to hear. They'll you know be real with you and. Like Coach Rye, he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the nation. Then you know Lovey Smith, offensive mind, I mean defensive minded guy. Um, he has an NFL background. He knows what it takes to get you there. And I feel like every player who wants to play college football wants to go to that next level to the NFL. And I feel like if you have a head coach that know what it takes to not only get to the NFL but to maintain, you know, your time in the NFL, it'll be good for them to come to Illinois. No, de- definitely. I'm a big Lovey Smith guy. I'm also a huge fan of his beard, but that's just. <laughs> um, so 
what, what's the plan? I know they have a Reggie Corbin. I think he's a senior. Are you going to – do they talk about redshirting you or do you think you're going on the field right away? Um, I get on the field right away. You know, I'm I'm not a guy who always settle for less. So even if a coach told me, you know, they're going to redshirt me, I wouldn't just go there and be like, oh, I'm a redshirt. So I feel like I can, you know, play as a true freshman. Um, I go there, I work, compete for the spot. You know, I'm trying to start as a true freshman, but I feel like I go there and play right away. No, yeah, definitely. I think running back, especially, you have to be able to go in and compete for carries early because, you know, a few injuries to the position, and next thing you know, you're the starting running back. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, you're from Missouri, right? I think yes, I read sir. That right. uh, do you believe you're the best player in the state? Um, No doubt. No doubt. Know. I feel like I'm the best player in the state. I love it. Um, all right. So, so my last question for you before we get into uh, no one, I think he has two more. Is uh, what are your goals for your senior season? Are there any games that you're looking forward to? Um, most definitely, it's a lot of games I'm looking to. You know, we played East St. Louis week two. Um, last year we lost to them in triple overtime. So, um, just playing them again is is heart pumping. And my first game, we played Luther North. I lost to them in a district championship my sophomore year. So, um, exciting. Um, also, just goals. You know, my goal is to rush for at least 2,000 and win a state championship again. Oh, so you, you won one last year? Yes, sir. Nice. Uh, how many yards did you rush for last season? Um, last season, I think the season I rushed for 600, but I missed, I missed uh, like, a whole quarter of two games, and I missed one game. Yeah. All right, so uh, Nolan, you had uh, two more questions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Reggie, I saw that you had uh, 21 offers, other offers in, from Illinois. Uh, what, stood offered, what stood out to you about Illinois that made you want to go there? Um, You know, the coaches also. Um, my Former head coach played a big part in it. Um, he's a coach at Illinois now, so it kind of helped. You know, it gave Illinois a boost. And also the thing, the things Rod Smith did when he came in, like Illinois was kind of dead last in offense, rushing offense. And last year they finished like top 10 in the nation in rushing offense. And Reggie Corbin, he's projected to go to the league. And me and him have a similar play style, so I feel like I can go there and do the same thing. Yeah, man, I feel that Illinois is definitely on the come up for me. No doubt. Um, have you been re- recruiting anyone else to try and get them to come to Illinois with you? Um, yes, I recruit a lot of people on my team, like um, Mookie Cooper. I don't know if you guys heard of him. Probably have. Uh, Ohio State commit, right? Huh? So these the Ohio State commit. Ohio State receiver? commit. Yeah. Yes. Wait, you guys are teammates? Yes, I play. We play together. Oh man, that's good. I would hate to be the high school defense playing you too. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um, also, just um, recruiting another player that played with us. He's a Mizzou commit. Um, Jamal St. John, offensive tackle. And then, like outside of my team and the nation, you know, I'm just um, Alante Brown, um, Joe Moore, just a lot of those guys to come and get on board with us. I feel like we can do special things if we get them on board also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sure. said uh, uh, Jalen St. John. Uh, I saw recently he became another – he's a four-star guy too, right? Yes, sir. So, yeah, the three of you, him, you, Mookie Cooper, would look nice in Illinois. Yes, sir. 
Um, all right, so you, you said uh, just one more question because I, I noticed you said uh, that you like Reggie Corbin's game. Have you ever like uh, talked to him like on any of your visits or anything? Um, yes, sir. We uh, topped it up a little bit. Uh, you know, when I committed, um, I committed and then I left. But like the week after I came back, um, I talked to him and yeah. No, yeah, I, I've talked to Reggie a few times. We were trying to get him on the podcast. We're still working that out, but uh, I think he's great. I'm a big fan of his game myself. But uh, I just want to thank you, uh, Reggie, for coming. On. Oh, I just realized it's Reggie Love and Reggie Corbin. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on. We know we know you're busy. Uh, good luck this season. Thanks. All right, we appreciate you coming on, Reggie. All right, thanks for having me. Thank you. No All right, so I'm back with Max Torres for our fourth uh, installment of uh, Hot on the Trails. Max, welcome back. Thanks, John. Glad to be back. Missed it. Let's get back into it. College, is, college football is here, and that means there's recruiting to talk about as well. Yeah, we're going to pretend like week one uh, didn't happen because we're both yes. Oregon fans. So yes. that, that game didn't count. Mm-mm. Nope, didn't watch it. Oh, and oh. So, uh, all yes. right, you want to start with uh, your hot team of the week? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, my hot team this week is the Penn State Nittany Lions from the Big Ten Conference. Um, they got two recent commitments that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, 2020 four-star running back Kevon Lee from Clearwater, Florida. Uh, his four-star rated 9189 on the 24-7 composite. Some other offers that he had on the table um, that were notable to me were Alabama, Florida, and LSU. Um, always a big get when someone uh, you know has a big offer from the state of Florida, an in-state recruit that is, and they uh, they you know go out of state. So that's a big get for Penn State. He joins four-star all-purpose back Kaziah Holmes in that 2020 class. And then um, the next guy I want to talk about is 2023-star offensive lineman Devin Willick from Paramus, New Jersey. So out there in your neck of the woods, I think. I know you're here in New Jersey. Um, no, not more. Yeah, cool. Um, he's rated an 8499 on the composite and some other offers he had uh, were Boston College, Indiana, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Um, these two commits bring Penn State up to the 13th ranked class in the nation, third in the Big Ten behind Ohio State and Michigan, with an average commit rating of uh, 8909. And they have 24 commits total. And just a note that kind of popped out to me. So they're the 13th ranked class with 24 commits. And Georgia actually only has 17 commits, but they're ranked fifth nationally. And Georgia's rocking an average commit of 9356, trailing only Clemson with an outstanding 9406. So just kind of some numbers there that were interesting to me. Yeah, uh, Willex actually wanted to commit to Penn State over the summer, but uh, they told him he wasn't good enough. And then I think he showed up at some camps, and in the first game of the season, his tape blew the staff away, and they accepted his commitment. So that was just something I can add. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I mean... It's it's interesting to see what those conversations would be like. I mean, I'm sure they didn't say like flat out like you're not good enough. So, yeah, like we're waiting to see like evaluate you some more. But I'm sure that you know kind of lit a fire under him and kind of said, okay, well this is a you know something I really want. I got to work for. So so he he showed out and now he's got they've got a spot for him and they're happy they got him. Yeah, I think that I think the Georgia offer might have pushed Penn State to uh like take his commitment, make sure he didn't go to Georgia. Yeah, that could have been that could have been a case for sure. It's interesting how it's always a game of you know who gets in there first. Sometimes that plays a factor, or 
like an NCAA 14, if you offer someone, if it's that big of a deal, you get like that instant commit. So it's all this really big game of strategy, and I, I love following it. Yeah. All right. So uh, I have my hot team of the week is Wisconsin. They got a three-star tight end in Cam Large, which is a great name for a tight end because he is large. Um, he's he's a three-star, a 0.872. And they got they flipped a defensive end from Iowa in Aaron Witt. He's from Minnesota, also a three-star. But anytime you can take a recruit from an, inst- uh, an interconference, interdivision uh, school, I feel like that's a big deal. And they are now eighth in the Big Ten and 31th nationally, which is actually pretty good for Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I think Wisconsin is kind of one of those schools when you think about how they've played recently. I don't really think that they get, like, any really big uh, eyebrow raisers when it comes to recruiting. I don't know how they usually finish. It looks like last year they got 28, so right around around what they're at now. But um, I think they've been really good at developing talent, and Iowa's been really good with defensive linemen, I think, you know, having a front seven. So that's Aaron, that Aaron Witt flip is huge, and um, getting a flip is always good for building momentum and, you know, proving that you're you're here to play and you're a serious contender for any recruit that you're talking to. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, so do you have your uh, cold school of the week? I do, yeah. Um, this year, or sorry, this week, excuse me, I'm looking at the Texas Tech Red Raiders from the Big 12 Conference. Um, they currently have 15 commits in their 2020 class, which comes in ranked 45th nationally, 7th in the Big 12. Average commit uh, is an 8539, so kind of right around that three-star um, rating. Um, they have a headliner in this class and four-star wide receiver Jalen Polk from Lufkin, Texas. And this just kind of surprised me because Texas Tech before, I don't want to say before Oklahoma got good because they've been good for a long time. But I feel like Texas Tech, rather than Oklahoma, has kind of been viewed, at least I viewed them as like that really exciting team, like putting up big numbers, you know, just chucking the ball like absolutely crazy, like there's no tomorrow. They generate a lot of buzz. They had players like Baker Mayfield come through the program. They had a great offensive mind in Kingsbury who was there for a while. So I'm just really curious how their coaches are making those pitches to recruits because that's still got to be worth something, even though they both ended up leaving. They both had some some big success. And, you know, Baker started his rise to stardom more or less uh, in Lubbock Lubbock uh, with Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, I think Texas Tech is one of those schools where even if they don't recruit well, they develop players well, and their system allows players to thrive. But uh, their recruiting definitely doesn't look great. That's what this is about. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? Maybe we'll get it together. Um, I don't think they'll be terribly competitive in the Big 12 this year just because Oklahoma and Texas are really being viewed as the heavyweights. But who knows? Maybe they'll get in there and you know pull out some big games that no one was expecting. That's really what makes college football so exciting, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, my cold team is actually going to be Iowa. Uh, might shock some people because they're currently the 25th class nationally. But um, they only have one four-star. They, they have a lot of high three-stars. But uh, since they a recruit flipped and they missed out on uh, two targets this week, I'm going to say that they're a cold team, even though they're not, like, freezing cold. Just cold this week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, losing out on those on those targets is never going to be good for them, for any team, for that matter. Um, 
And I think three, you know, three stars aren't necessarily bad to have, but I think when you're, you know, trying to be competitive in the Big Ten, which there could be an argument that they're the strongest conference in football. I mean, I don't know if we want to get into that conversation at all. I feel like it's very much a Big Ten SEC conversation, mm-hmm. um, and you're only gonna, you're not really helping yourself, you know, be competitive with some of those big names like Ohio State and Penn State, Michigan, by bringing in three-star guys. Um, that doesn't mean that they, the staff can't develop the three-star guys into um, great talents that fit their scheme. But, um, you know, for the most part, you do want to try to get those four stars um, whenever possible, just because it seems like they'll be a little bit more likely to pan out. And sometimes if you miss out on those guys and you're forced to go with three stars to make sure you're not left empty handed. No, yeah, I think uh, I was one of those schools like Wisconsin that develops their players and like Texas Tech more than like uh, kills in like recruiting. So I don't think it's necessarily worrisome that they only have three stars, really. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to you know panic over. Um, I don't know how much room they have um, to add to this class. They already have 22 guys, so they've definitely got a good foundation. But um, what I see happen with a lot of these um, higher profile guys is they um, they're you know prioritized uh, during the regular season um, as signing day gets closer because they either some guys want to sign early. But some guys wait till like the All American Games, or like the Polynesian Bowl. So I don't follow Iowa very closely in particular, but they could be, they could still be in it for some guys um, and have some room for people to come in. All right, so uh, so now let's get to our recruit of the week. I'm gonna go with an Oregon commit in a uh, Luke Hill. He uh, he's a four star okay. player from hey, yeah. Oh, Sweet. yeah, you know go the um, he what, had a 26 what about yard Luke pick Hill? six. What, what do you say? I'm sorry, I think it lied a little bit. I was just saying, what are you liking about Luke Hill? Uh, well, he had a 26-yard pick six on national TV. It was on uh, ESPN. It was against uh, Miami Central, and uh, they blew that team out 49-13, and uh, he was a big part of that. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, that play um, on Twitter, and that was that was really cool to see because I mean you see I me mean, being an Oregon fan, it's always really nice to get guys from uh, you know big big name schools, and I think uh, St. Francis Academy is one of the top ten schools in the nation, and it's just cool to see Oregon commits balling out like that, and then you know other high school recruits are probably watching it, and it's like wow, this guy just scored, and they say oh yeah, like Luke Hill, the Oregon commit, so. It's just all a part of, you know, building into the the bigger picture and, you know, building the hype. And I love how recruits can kind of, you know, rep the brand that is Oregon or whatever school it is before they're even on campus, really, and kind of work towards building that reputation that the schools have had for so many years. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, so do you want to get into uh, your Recruit of the Week now? Yeah, absolutely. So my Recruit of the Week is a 2025 star that is still uncommitted, uh, Savelle Smalls uh, from Washington. He's uh, ranked a 9958, and he recently released the top six, his top six schools that included Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Tennessee, Washington, and Washington State. A um, couple of interesting things that kind of stick out with me on his recruitment is um, – there's this trend that we've been seeing of elite players going west, or sorry, leaving the west. Elite players leaving the west coast, where Smalls is from, um, to go play for like more true blue blood programs, like uh, Ohio State or like a Georgia or LSU, something like that. 
Um, and I think that's a huge reason why the Pac-12 is falling behind. And they need to keep uh, players like Smalls in the Pac-12. Which So it's encouraging to see that there's three Pac-12 schools in his final six. But what was interesting with him is that he had said that he was done with UW, even though he's from the Seattle area. Um, but now they're back in the game. Washington State, I don't think Washington State's been in the running for a recruit like this as long as I've been watching college football, which is pretty crazy. Um, so it's going to be really important for, even if Oregon can't get him, although I really want them to, it'll be important to try to keep him in the conference out west. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to Clemson, but I really hope he doesn't. So now imagine we somehow land Savella Smalls and Justin Flo. That'd be, that'd be unreal. I mean, either one of those guys. And then you got to remember they're also in the running for uh, um, Noah Sewell. Um, Which we're like considered the favorite for, right? I'd say so, yeah. Um, especially having you know having a brother on the team. I think I read something earlier that said uh, Panay wanted to go to, I think one of the, I mean, maybe it was Alabama, but he wanted to play like, for a blue blood, but his family wanted him to stay, wanted him to be at Oregon. And like, fa- like you can't underestimate how important family is when it comes to making this big of a decision. Um, this this will be the the third, the, either the third or the fourth school to play college football. So the family's been through this a lot, and they know what they want in a school. And um, Oregon's just been working that relationship ever since Panay uh, committed. Yeah. Um, who's your yeah. Uh, Who's your recruit? I was Luke Hill. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. We're doing this already. <laughs> um, all right, so I think that wraps it up for this one. It's a little quicker of a segment, but we're a little uh, strapped for time right now. So uh, next week, we'll aim for like 15 minutes again, and uh, hopefully we could hit that. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, make sure to tune in. We will be back with more Recruiting Insider and stuff to talk about. All right, guys, so that wraps up this week of This Week in College Football. Uh, like I said, there's a full slate of games this weekend. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed watching them. Tweet us any thoughts you have. Uh, next week, tweet us some more questions so we can get to them on the podcast. Uh, you know, leave us some nice reviews on the Apple of, on the Apple Podcast app if you got it. Uh, like, like always, thank you guys for listening.